Day two from the NFL Scouting Combine. No on-field workouts yet, but Matt Williamson at Indianapolis has some insider reports about what he's hearing, including what's going on in Green Bay with their superstar quarterback and wide receiver. All that and more coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. Matt's day two in Indianapolis. Does he have some nuggets for us here from the Scouting Combine? Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. That's where some of the Twitter Tuesday questions will be coming from as well on this Wednesday episode of Peacock and Williamson. And man, th- this is what's frustrating, Matt. Every single year, there, there are some nice little uh, nuggets here, though, uh, that, that, that are happening around the league that I think we can get into today. But this happens every year when it comes to the combine. Like, how, many days have you, how many days have you been in Indianapolis already? When did you start traveling? Sunday night uh, or Monday morning? And like it's it's Wednesday afternoon. We haven't seen a single hand being measured yet, a single 40 time. No yeah. weight being pushed around. It always takes so long for the combine and for the actual stuff that you want as a fan to see the 40 times and see how big and tall and how much these guys all weigh. None of that even gets going until Thursday. <laughs> it's funny you brought that up because I left Pittsburgh at like noon on Monday. We got here that evening, went straight to an awesome steak dinner, and we've been combining it up ever since. And I'll leave here at like two or three on Saturday, get home by, you know, dark or, you know, by eight or nine, something like that, whatever it is. And it's funny because as you were doing the intro there, I realized I already don't know what day it is. I put a tweet out a couple <laughs> hours ago saying, hey, it's Twitter Tuesday. Get your questions in. We might have a chance to get to it. And then you said it's Wednesday, and I went and grabbed my phone. I said, oh, it is Wednesday. You know what's hilarious? (laughs) I do so many podcasts where it's for the next morning, so I'm always pretending it's the wrong day anyway. And you sent that that tweet out earlier, and this is only the second podcast we've done this week because we recorded our our QB Carousel two-part series Friday. So that was Monday's episode, the part two. So this is only the second time we've talked this week. So it did feel like Tuesday. And I didn't realize it either because you sent that tweet out and I was like, okay, here's Twitter Tuesday. And as I was saying Twitter Tuesday, I realized, but it's Wednesday. (laughs) But it's Wednesday. So yeah, and we're halfway through the week and we're recording this Wednesday afternoon, Eastern. And there still has not been a drill, a height, a weight, or any of those things. I mean, so... um, it's going to come fast and furious. I've had a really good time when I've been here. We've had some really good guests sit there and join us at the Steeler table, including Greg Cosell today. We are breaking down quarterbacks. I think Bucky Brooks is going to join us tomorrow. Uh, we've had a lot of other other folks as well. Um, Fran Duffy from the Eagles talking draft as well. So getting get a lot, picking a lot of people's brains. And, you know, the, the, it still is still the calm before the storm, though. Yeah, still the calm, and, and we have seen some media sessions with those quarterbacks. We'll finally see them on the field. We'll have quarterbacks, <laughs> wide receivers, and tight ends all working out and getting measured on Thursday. So it really kicks up tomorrow. But what have you heard so far? Any good whispers, any good insider notes, Matt, that you've gotten while you've been in Indianapolis the first couple of days? I'm going to save the best one for last, but the first one I think I mentioned yesterday is everywhere you turn – People are talking Mitch Trubisky, you know, I mean, not just for the Steelers. I'm just talking in general that, boy, people were excited about this guy the year in Buffalo did him a lot of good. His reputation really took a 
turn for the better, even though he really didn't play much football, you know, but his name seems to be popping up left and right that there'll probably be substantial interest, you know, and it's that one. That one's curious to me because it, I understand wanting yeah. to try to give Mitch Trubisky another shot. Maybe he's rehabbed his image and they speak highly of his one year in Buffalo. He's right, still not right. putting any good NFL tape out there. So if a team goes into the offseason and comes out the other side with only Mitch Trubisky, I mean, you deserve to be fired in 2023 right or at the end of 2022 because i don't know how that could be your only plan if that's along with a high-end draft pick okay or if that's along with another plan or you already have a young player in house and there's gonna be a competition but if your only answer is mitch trubisky i mean i i understand some interest and some buzz but if that's your only answer i have huge questions for what you're doing with your organization yeah, I mean, I have mixed feelings on that. I do kind of lean your way. I mean, you're taking a a shot that you hope that sticks, and chances are it won't. I mean, uh, maybe he goes on to have a fine career. But uh, we were talking about Mitch with with uh, with Greg today, you know, Cosell, and he said, I mean, even if and his words were something like, "Well, we know he's never going to be a top five or ten quarterback, and maybe we should just stop the conversation there." Then, you know, I mean, yeah, he could resurrect himself. He probably learned some things. But he's never going to be a top ten quarterback, so it's like, well, yeah, I mean, if the, if he's right about that, which he very well could be, then is that really worth the shot in the dark? If that's your only option, as you said, but boy, his name pops up all the time, unprovoked. Yep, and here's uh, a report from Jordan Schultz uh, at Schultz underscore report and um, insidery sort of a guy. I think he does some some NBA and NFL insider stuff. And uh, he said his sources, Steelers and Commanders, both highly intrigued by Jimmy Garoppolo, who we found out is having shoulder surgery and won't be healthy until, I think, you know, late June, early July or something like that, due to that timetable. But, you know, quote-unquote minor shoulder surgery, if there is such a thing for someone who's throwing with that arm in the NFL. Uh, Pittsburgh offensive court. he goes on to say, Jordan Schultz, Pittsburgh offensive coordinator Matt Canada wants to deploy RPO not dissimilar to Offense Garoppolo ran with the Niners. Ron Rivera not only believes his team can win now, but has over $30 million in cap as well. So that's why those two teams have been mentioned amongst those. Highly intrigued is the wording used here by Jimmy Garoppolo. And then Jordan Schultz goes on to say, uh, sort of in the next breath, just as you're mentioning there, Mitch Trubisky drawing a ton Mm. of free agent buzz. Several teams, including both of those teams, Commanders, Steelers and Saints are all interested in the former number two pick. Sources say Trubisky still just 27. Bills loved having him. All caps loved having him. And several execs told me Mitch is viewed as a starting QB right now. That's what I'm hearing, too. And I don't totally disagree with it. I mean, there's talent there. I mean, I don't know that in most, uh, I mean, was he really the second best quarterback in that draft? And uh, I question at the time but he had some early success with the Bears and it was a really tough situation and stepping away and going to the environment that he did in Buffalo I think has merit and also makes you realize that he realized he needed some work which in itself is a mature decision however you know one year ago or 11 months ago the best deal he could get is a one-year deal in Buffalo for four or five million dollars a year you know it's as a backup, clear backup. Yeah, and how do you enough to change? How do you get enough better? The teams are like, oh yeah, never mind. He's a starter again. Like, I I understand you liked him as a backup in Buffalo, 
but he didn't take you to the playoffs. So what's what's really going on there? How, how do you all of a sudden view Mitch Trubisky's career in total as now he's a starter? That just doesn't add up to me. And I think maybe there's some teams talking to themselves into some things. Quite possibly. I, I will say in Mitch's defense, what has changed this year to last year, he hasn't, but those around him have, that let's operate under the assumption that all five quarterbacks that went in the first round last year, and they were all first half of the first round, are all highly re- more highly regarded than anyone in this class. Well, then the Patriots, Jets, Niners, Jags, you know, would say – I'm going to roll my dice that I can land one of them as opposed to Mitch, even though they might've viewed Mitch as a starter too, but Hey, I'm going to take my chances in the draft where this year people might just be like, I don't, I can't go into the draft needing a quarterback. How about this nugget out of Indy? And this was somewhat surprising because Kyler Murray has been sort of publicly negotiating. He and his agent have, recently in a very odd way and there's some whispers that maybe some folks are unhappy with others in the organization there whether it's the quarterback unhappy or maybe the team unhappy with the quarterback and then did you see this Larry Fitzgerald's father Larry Fitzgerald senior said that Kyler Murray was spoiled and 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 has said some not so nice things about Kyler Murray saying he hasn't earned it yet and then all of a sudden within 24 hours this bomb is dropped out of Arizona that head coach Cliff Kingsbury and GM Steve Keim are the ones that have agreed to new deals extended through 2027. Is that a precursor to Kyler's deal getting done? Or is that Michael Bidwell saying we don't do this in public and the people who haven't been squeaky in public, the coach and the GM are the ones that are going to get re-upped and not the squeaky wheel quarterback. Yeah. I don't know what to make of this. I mean, so often this time of year or directly after the season, you hear these things and many of us are very quick to dismiss them and say, that's a lot of smoke. There's no fire there. He's just, you know, positioning himself for a contract. And most of the time that's true, except for when the times it isn't, <laughs> you know, I mean, because people do get unhappy and leave teams and all this stuff. And I remember, it was about this time of the year when they're like, oh, Carson Wentz is on the trading block. Like, why would Carson Wentz be on the trading block? I thought the Eagles loved him, you know. And I think Kyler's a difficult decision, though. I mean, is he one of the top 10 or 12 quarterbacks in the league? Absolutely. But has he progressed extremely well? Um, no. Is his size issues contributing to late season injuries time and time again now? And is that something that's going to continue? I would have my concerns about that. And I'm not judging the the human being. I don't know him, but these are just reports. And some of the tea leaves indicate that there's a level of immaturity. Very curious situation indeed. And we might get some of those answers as the week goes on in Indianapolis at the Combine. And who knows, maybe some trades, maybe some imminent signings are going to be revealed in the very near future. More from the Combine coming up, all the insider knowledge that Matt is gaining while he is there at the Combine in Indy. And we get some more workouts coming up tomorrow. Matt's got an inkling what's going on in Green Bay and which prospects have the most to gain or lose when those players start weighing in and working out Thursday. 
Football season is over, but the offseason is just beginning, and you can still bet on football at betonline.net. How about combine props? Will anybody break John Ross's record 40-yard dash time of 4-2-2? What about Steven Paez's 49 bench press reps? Which position will have the fastest 40-yard dash time? Will it be a cornerback, a wide receiver, a running back? Tons of combine props at BetOnline, draft props, Super Bowl futures. Oh, yeah, and there's other sports you could bet on, too, like basketball, pro, and college. It is March. That means there is a certain tournament happening, which is always some of the most fun things to wager on during the sporting season. Bet Online is also your source for hockey, boxing, UFC, and your favorite Vegas casino games. So don't wait. Head over to the website today. Use your mobile device or your desktop computer and learn more about the trends and action. Get news as well at Bet Online, where the game starts. We have some questions here, Matt, but before we get to those, I almost forgot the the biggest nugget you have of all that you've been waiting to drop on us that you're hearing in Indianapolis is more almost anyone that I bring this up to and people that would really have a strong indicator have pretty much told me don't expect Rodgers or Devontae Adams to leave Green Bay you know that they he's going to get a big contract he's coming off an MVP if you extend Adams and Rodgers you can get pretty cap friendly by pushing their money and their cap hits down the road There's no chance Adams hits free agency. I mean, at a minimum, it's a franchise situation. No way is he on the open market, 0%. And as is the case with the cap, and I'm very guilty of this as well, when I start digging into cap situations late in the season, playoffs after the year, you look at these teams, you know, our conversation with the Saints. Oh, by the way, I met met Ross today. He was at the bottom of the escalator. I said hello to him. That was interesting. Didn't know he was going to be here. Ross oh, Jackson. Uh, Ross Jackson. Locked Jackson. On Saints. Yeah. yeah. Locked on so, Saints. He is uh, the NFL channel manager here on the network as yeah. well. Does a ton of great work for us behind the scenes. So I need uh, to drop yeah. him a line and buy him a toddy or something because yeah. I was late for my running late for my radio show and he was on the phone. So that was a pleasant surprise just to throw out there. Um, but my point is a lot of these cash strapped teams just aren't as strapped as you think when you start moving money around. Mm -hmm. And if you extend Rogers and you extend Adams, give them three, four year deals, whatever you can bump a lot of that down the road. And I'm just hearing more and more from people. I trust that those guys aren't going anywhere. You know, the Packers think they're a contender. They're a super bowl contender and they are going to max out their credit cards to live out the Rogers years to their fullest. A couple of thoughts on that. And one, yeah, if Rodgers wants to win, he's winning 13 games a year and has no competition in the division there right. in Green Bay. So why would you go to a division with some of the best quarterbacks in the NFL in the AFC West with the Denver Broncos and maybe give yourself a worse chance to win? Do you want to change the scenery that much? And every avenue I look with Aaron Rodgers, it doesn't make a lot of sense for him or for the organization for for that for that divorce to happen right now. Right, right. And uh, unless he just really, really doesn't want to be there. And, in, the, and in, that, in that case, he would have already known that. And what are we even doing right now? What is he waiting for to make that decision, right? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it is just money and getting all the cap stuff worked out. You know, like what kind of deal? I mean, those huge deals like the Mahomes one just don't happen overnight. I mean, people are talking 
45, high 40s million per year. I mean, record-breaking contracts, two-year deal worth almost 100 million or something like that. So you, you need to make sure all everything's going to line up. And then do we cut Zadarius Smith? Do we cut Preston Smith? So I think when the news comes out, it's going to hit like, uh, you know, like an avalanche. Like we're, we, we've extended Devontae Adams. We've expended Aaron Rodgers. We've cut these two guys. And now we have $3 million in cap space. And then there's within 24 hours, there's three other deals that happen with other quarterbacks because teams are hung up waiting to see what's going sure. on with Rodgers. And, and there's a waiting game happening right now. And, you know, instantly Trubisky's like, oh, Trubisky's going here. Oh, Jimmy G's traded. Oh, there's this other quarterback is traded. And, and maybe all those dominoes fall instantly as soon as that Rodgers announcement is made. Exactly. Right. I mean, and, and probably, and, and, you know, to, to me trying to be a reporter here, which I'm not, you know, that I think people in the news are starting to realize, well, you know, Denver's going to look at it like, well, we got no shot at him. So we're going to start thinking of other options, but you're right. Then the other quarter, other, you know, contracts and things fall into place too. When the biggest domino falls. I have a big question when it comes to these contracts and Aaron Rodgers and his situation and, and Russell Wilson and his situation and even Tom Brady with his retirement and, and leaving the door open for himself. And then Bruce Arians yesterday saying, no chance, we are not trading him. Five first-round picks. It's bad business. We would not trade Tom Brady, right? And I'm thinking, like, Tom Brady just gifted you a Super Bowl ring. You know, you should be doing whatever yeah, you can yeah. to help Tom Brady go wherever he wants to finish his career because he he got he decided to sign with you. There's nothing, you know, nothing Bruce Arians, and he's been a good coach, and it's nothing against Bruce Arians, but nothing right, nothing right. Bruce Arians has done. He should not be pumping his chest out about, you know, about Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady chose them and, and signed with you, and, and, and he even redid his contract so that he would have this extra year that now he has retired from. So you could do more things last year to bring the game back and try to win another Super Bowl, right? Right, right. So to, to not facilitate that for Tom Brady by the Buccaneers seems a little bit odd. And then I look at the situation with with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, and it's always like you these these players that are superstars and have signed all these big deals already in their careers, how did they not have some sort of a... Um, a stipulation in their contract that they could opt out on their own and there's no possibility of a franchise tag. So they could set themselves up to decide where they want to go in some free agent moment. How does that never get become a part of any of these contracts and, and all of these guys need to, to, to fake retire if that's the case with Tom Brady or make all kinds of waves if you're Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers to try to get where you want to go and make teams trade for you and, and, and back-channel all of these things. How do these quarterbacks, superstar quarterbacks that are approaching you know 40 years old like Aaron Rodgers, how did he not have some stipulation in his contract where you know after whatever year, I can just opt out and be a free agent and contractually you can't do anything about my future? How does that not happen in any of these contracts with guys like Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers at this point in their careers? It's a wonderful question. I've never really thought of it, to be very honest with you. And uh, I don't know, is that legal in the CBA? I assume it is. You know, I mean, I don't think there's anything written in there that that can't happen. I mean, teams can do that to players. You know, they they can say, mm -hmm. eh, we decided your option year isn't worth <laughs> it. You're out by, you know, I mean, is it impossible to write that into a contract from the other way around? Is Is that the wave of the future? Right, you signed a five-year contract, and years four and five are player options, mm -hmm. right? And you have it negotiated into your contract that there's no, uh, no franchise tag, you know. And, and if the team doesn't like it, you're like, okay, well, I'm not signing the deal then, right? You, you, you would think that these players 
have the negotiating power to make that happen, especially someone like Tom Brady a couple of years ago that would essentially have given himself a year-to-year contract to have outs whenever he wanted to on, and, and, and be able to go wherever he wanted on his own terms. And it blows me away that these guys don't have that at this point. Yeah, I mean, maybe the answer is kind of what you said, though. Like, especially once you're an advanced age, let's sign a series of one-year deals, and I'll see if I sign it again next year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and negotiate in the non because the franchise tag can keep you there. Yeah, right. so that has to be a huge part of it. It's like, look, I can opt out, and you can't do anything about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it would be tragic if if that were the case right now, and Rogers just said, "Okay, see, ya, I'm going to go." You know, I mean. I didn't prepare for this. What am I going to do? You know, I mean, (laughs) but hasn't he earned that right? You know, right. Or, or a situation where the player has to pick up the option a year prior. So last off season, Rogers could have said, I'm not going to pick up my player option next year. So this is now officially the last year of my contract and I'll be a free agent and you can't tag me. Then the team would have to prepare for that. And they already prepared See, that, for it by that drafting makes a quarterback. More, I think you're fixing the, the world's problems here. You know, <laughs> like serious. that's kind of how the fifth year option works for rookies. You know, like I always bring back the Steelers. Steelers have to make a decision on Devin Bush to give him his fifth year contract, but they have to do it now before he gets to his fifth year. And then they both player and team have a whole year to figure things out. Yeah. Come on. Come on, guys. Get, get with it. Get with it. Let's uh, let's start negotiating some of these player options in these go. contracts. Matt, let's get to the listener mailbag next. Have you heard about Built Bar Puffs yet? The first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Built Bar Puffs are fluffy, marshmallowy, and not just a protein bar. They are a treat, and yeah, they're covered in 100% real chocolate puffs are a fan favorite with their incredible flavors like yummy cinnamony churro coconut marshmallow banana cream pie all built bars are covered in 100 real chocolate low calorie high protein just replace those candy bars throw that stuff out and put built bars in whatever snack cubby you like to go to and feel good about those snacks for once. 17 grams of protein in most built bars at only 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and 4 grams of net carbs. So go to builts.com, get yourself a built bar puff or any of the other new flavors. Strawberry is a really good new flavor they have there. And some of the classics as well, coconut, mint brownie, and cookies and cream. My favorite always is the peanut butter. Can't go wrong there. So go to built.com and get 15% off of your order using promo code LOCKED15. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Here's a couple of names that could potentially, I think one for sure is on the trading block. I'm not so sure about the other one, depending on what's going on in Seattle this offseason with their quarterback. But uh, A. Hendricks, on Twitter says, if you're the Miami Dolphins, would you rather trade for DK Metcalf or Calvin Ridley? And he also says, keep up the great work. We appreciate that, Hendricks. Um, I, the, I don't know why the Dolphins would trade for either one of them, to be honest with you. They just drafted yeah. their future number one quarterback in the first round last year. I think there would be bigger fish to fry, even though those would be fantastic additions for really any team. Uh, so so let me put it to you this way and, and change the question. I think neither for the Miami Dolphins. They need to go in some other directions on defense, uh, offensive line, Um but who would you rather trade for right now? DK Metcalf or Calvin Ridley? Calvin Ridley would probably cost you less and might be a more well-rounded receiver, whereas DK Metcalf is going to cost you the world and has uh, an amazing trump card, but is maybe not an ideal fit for, say, every 
quarterback in every offense? It's a really good question. Um, and I think there's a chance both or one of them move. Uh, I, I don't think that's crazy talk. Uh, let's ignore the, the Dolphins, as you said, because I don't think they're in the market for a number one receiver. I think they have one, to be honest with you, and they have other fish to fry. And I would start really getting nerdy and be like, well, DK's a better blocker. They want to run the ball. You know, mm -hmm. like he might fit better. But let's say it's the Patriots or, you know, Team X in a vacuum. And I think, you know, the problem is what's the status of Ridley's mental health? And I'm just going to operate under the assumption that he's in a better place and he wants to play football and is basically the player we saw last. I do think he'd be a little cheaper. I am going to factor that in. But I still want Metcalf. And I'm a Ridley guy. I mean, I'm a big fan. I own him in a ton of dynasty leagues. And I just think Metcalf is too freaky. You just don't see many of them, no matter what you're doing on offense. Unless it's a pure slant, Montana, Walsh, West Coast type offense, there's a place for DK Metcalf. Too, yeah, I agree with you. DK is just too fun in some offenses, yeah. but I, I want him with a quarterback who can get him the ball down the field, too. That's why he was such a oh, good yeah. fit with Russ in Seattle. I wouldn't want him in really a dink and dunk offense with a noodle arm quarterback that can't take full advantage just as a fan, you know, watching him play. So that's why I say maybe Ridley fits more offenses, but Ridley, you know, Ridley's probably not going to go for a lot if he gets traded because teams can't be sure he still wants to play, right? I, you have to get that ironed out, obviously. I mean, is it. Uh, is your I'm not making any light of mental health issues, but is no. your mental health a lot healthier if you're not a Falcon? <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. and it's not, not like a very a, extractive situation. It's not right like now. a physical injury either, where it's like, oh, this is a four to six week injury, and then he's healthy now and he's ready to go and he's clear. Right. You know, so um, th that that's tough. And, and frankly, he could come back to your team all revved up, ready to go, and a month later, he walks in the coach's office and says, "I'm hanging it up. This isn't for me. I, yeah. I'm not in a good place." You know, yeah. that, that's a, a it, it would be helpful for probably Ridley and whatever team is acquiring if there was somebody that had maybe some. Uh, some knowledge of him or knew him, you know, had a, had a relationship with him already to, to help mm -hmm. both sides of that. Or maybe that's written in the contract somewhere, you know, that, Hey, mm -hmm. you have yeah. to give us back your signing bonus. If you don't play out there, this, you know, something like that. To Jake on Twitter, he says, trying to keep up with talking to you, Matt, trying to keep up with you, Lolly and Peacock. Dale Lolly is your co-host by the way, right on yeah, the, yeah, on, the yeah, Steelers on radio. Steelers. Yep. And he says, uh, I'll need the weekend to catch up. If you have time, why not Marcus Mariota, especially for a year or two, injury-free in 2021, a little bit of experience he seems to fit. And so I assume I he's talking Steelers here. Right, he's talking Steelers, yeah. And because but we could uh, broaden it. We, we could broaden it because it seems like that's a good question is, how come we're hearing everything about Trubisky and nothing about Marcus Mariota, both former number two picks, both very um, – you know, uh, both high-end prospects, right? So you would think there's some upside to either one of those guys, you know, both highly thought of at a time. I'm sure there's a lot of teams, and that's why he ended up with the Raiders because he's somebody coming into the league that uh, that um, John Gruden, you know, thought very highly of, and he thought, well, I'll sign this guy. He's a former high pick, and I thought he was, you know, a fantastic talent. And Mariota at least played a little bit last year. So mm -hmm. why is all the talk about Trubisky and none of the talk about Mariota, whether it's the Steelers or any other team? Um, it's actually topical for where I'm at. And we mentioned Dale Lawley. That's who I had this conversation with, with Greg Cosell and especially for the Steelers, but on this podcast too, I have lumped Trubisky, Mariota and Winston together repeatedly because they don't cost you a draft pick. They were top two picks. Um, you know, their early season, early career didn't go as planned. And now it's 
time for part two of their their story where I don't think Bridgewater is in that same conversation, you know, um, and all along and anyone listening can affirm this. I thought Winston was clearly the most attractive. We just talked Trubisky to death and I thought Mariota was three, but Mariota was closer to Trubisky than Trubisky was to Winston. So of course on Steeler Nation radio, I bring it up to Greg and you know, what are your thoughts on these three? And he said the same thing. He thought, Winston's a guy, you know, and he said, Trubisky, I'll, I'll, I'll listen to, you know, maybe he can uh, really c- come around in round two of his career. But he really thought, and I tend to agree with them, that Mariota's a low-end starter slash high-end backup. And one thing I've said about Mariota is he's a little more robotic than people think. They think athlete first, and they think he's a freelancer. He really isn't. He's a very structured thinker on the field. I got to... This sounds like an insult, but he's a paint by numbers quarterback. Tom Brady's a paint by numbers quarterback too, you know. So it's just you know, it, it's not a right. it, his paintings don't look like you know the, the these crazy van. You know, they're very structured. And what Greg said, and I think this is what he said is a, a kind of a, a siren went off in my head. Like, yeah, he's right that Mariota never really adjusted from all the space you have in the college game, you know, with the wide, the the wide hash marks, that wide side of the field is just so much green grass. It's impossible to cover. And Mariota never really liked throwing the, the tight window passes, you know, the middle of the field strikes. And he hasn't really shown since then that, Oh, I got over that. You know what I mean? So yeah, he had a good game with the Raiders. I really liked him coming out of school. But he gets a little tunnel vision-ish and a little hesitant. He can be very hesitant to pull the trigger, especially in tight windows. And Jake, yeah, he said he's trying to uh, play catch-up. If you go back and listen to our uh, our QB Carousel podcast, we actually had the Steelers with Marcus Mariota as a free agent and uh, combining that with maybe a pick at, at 20 in the first round. So I kind of like that. See, that's what I'm cool Steelers. with. Yeah, I mean, like, I'd rather Mariota than Rudolph. But I can't go into the season with Mariota and Rudolph. Yes. You know, and, and be like, yeah. oh, everything's fine. Same with Trubisky. We talked about if, if Trubisky's your yeah, only yeah. answer this offseason, you should be fired. But if you have Trubisky as a stopgap and competing with a, a quarterback that you draft at pick 20 or pick 50, then that makes more sense. And I can get mm-hmm. on board with that sort of a plan. Yeah. Or again, we've often linked Trubisky to the Giants. Like, I'm not saying that's going to happen, but okay, Giants GM says, I'm going to cover my butt a little and I'm going to have two guys battle it out. Like, okay, I see that. Two more questions. One, I'm going to answer with one word. This one from Nick, and I'm not even going to ask your opinion on it, Matt. How about that? Okay. Uh, Nick says, what's the most likely free agency situation for Odell Beckham? One-year deal with the Rams while he comes back from ACL injury? Yes. That is the answer. It's very Rams and Odell-like. Yes. And the I, last I one, let's, I, I know, I know yeah. you, 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 you can't sit back and not <laughs> say anything. Uh, last one, let's finish it up from Pete. Uh, he says, looking ahead to Thursday's workouts, that means quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends. Who has the most gain or lose in Indy? Great question. Man, how about some of these tight ends to me? You know, like without going too deep in the weeds, you could go back a week and do our top five tight end ranks. And that really could have been a list of seven or eight. I don't know that it's set who's number one. And it definitely isn't set who two, three, four, five, six are. I think there's a lot of jostling amongst tight ends. And it seems like a little thing, but 
three cone drill for tight ends are extremely important. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, 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 it's a middle of the field route running type of drill. And that might be something that's kind of under the radar to look at when the tight end uh, numbers come in, go pull up the three cone and, Oh wow, this guy ran much better than the rest of the crew. Mm-hmm. And then don't be surprised when he's the second tight end taken or whatever. You know, yeah, change of That's direction yeah. and burst is maybe a little bit more telling yep. than, than full on forty times. And I've, in fact, I have some good anecdotes and some good notes on which drills are most important to some of these positions, and some of them might surprise you. We'll talk a little bit of that tomorrow, but uh, my answer to this question is I'm going to go to the quarterbacks and I think always with wide receivers, you know, I think Drake Drake London, someone who could test anywhere from low four fives to four seven. It's been uh, rumored. I mean, that's a, that's huge for him. And some people have him as wide receiver one. If he runs four sevens, he's not going in the top 50, maybe not the top 100 picks. So I I think that happens. Yeah. I just, I think that is huge for him. So he's got a lot to, to gain or lose and we'll see if he even runs and that might be the most telling if he doesn't run at all we know he's slow right and if he runs and runs well then that's where he becomes a big winner I'm gonna go to quarterbacks and I'm gonna say there's two and and it's not even on field stuff but it's measurements and Kenny Pickett's hand size is a big one I saw a clip of him today throwing passes in the hallway before his uh, <laughs> before he hit the podium, you know, he's just staying warm and getting ready for his workouts tomorrow and getting some throws in. And he's not. You that... do see that here from time to yeah. time. A <laughs> random dude is stretching in the ballroom or whatever. It's kind of funny. Uh huh. And you know, and even look, this is funny because I'm scouting this guy in a hallway of a convention center throwing passes, but the ball wasn't jumping out of his hands, and he's not the most physically impressive guy. You know, he's kind of tall and slim. He's. Nope. I would compare him to maybe Alex Smith physically, something like that. You know, who was the number one pick? In the draft so you know you can't scoff at that but you know hand size is huge for for him it's going to be a big one he throws he was thrown with the glove on then in the hallway too he throws with the glove on why does he do that he's got that double jointed thumb apparently which is part of it and he's been you know working out and, and doing exercises with his hands so he can get the best measurement possible didn't even measure his hand at the senior bowl. So there's something to it. It, you know, it matters enough that he didn't want to test it then. And he's really working on getting that hand size measurement. Let's see what it looks like. Is it something where it just is nowhere near the threshold and it's a big red flag or is it big enough and around nine inches and then we can kind of move on. Right. So uh, I think that's a big one for Pickett as someone that you're considering, you know, a team might be considering spending a first round draft pick on. And to me, he's a very fringe first round player. Um, it, by the way, I've watched more of these quarterbacks in the last 48 hours. It is not a good class. At no, all. it's like, rough. I, I have a tough time getting on board with most of these guys in the first round. Maybe you know Willis is the one just because of you know the upside and and um, some of the tools he has. But Matt Corral was one of the most disappointing. I, I was about to tape. bring him up. Yeah, just size, height, weight. Uh, you know, he's got some athleticism. He's not going to work out either. Uh, he had trouble pushing the ball down the field at times too. He he does not wow me at all physically. He just, you know, arm, body. Uh, he does not look like a first-round quarterback prospect to me, and I'm surprised by how high I've seen him. I've seen him as high as number nine in some mock drafts, and uh, I cannot get on board with that. Not to That's not to say that any of these guys can't be really good quarterbacks in the NFL, but I'm just saying I would – I would rather draft them, you know, outside of the first round, day two-ish, maybe, you know, even the third round if you have a high pick in those rounds and you get pleasantly surprised by a guy and you develop him rather than saying you're a franchise quarterback and spending a first-round draft pick and stamping him that way. Uh, I think some GMs might get fired trying to force some of those things. Yeah, and wrap it up with what you're saying there about Corral because, I mean, yeah, you can focus on Pickett's hand size, 
I want to know corral size. I mean, I've said that all along. And today I was 10 or 15 feet away from him. And I thought that guy's going to get broken half. I mean, he does not look like an NFL quarterback at all. I mean, if he comes in at 195, I would not be shocked. And I bet it's not a a real impressive showing when he goes out there in his underwear and gets heightened weight. I mean, he just looks like a little person. And that scares the heck out of me. Even Zach Wilson last year, I thought the same. And I real similar, might, and, real and, similar. But he ended up being six three. He was six I mean, three. Body type, I yeah. guess, is more the right. you know the lean kind of a baby face too, which yeah. that's not his fault. You know, I mean, so <laughs> yeah, what? Exactly. You know, <laughs> this is me just being an old man. You know, but no, he doesn't look like there's a lot of armor and muscle on his body at all. Right, but uh, Zach surprised me how big he was at the combine six mm-hmm. three two fourteen or something like that. I think, which is you know, which was fine for him. Uh, and, and I think Corral is going to not pull that off. I think Corral looks like no. he's 6'1", maximum, you know, 195. So we'll, we'll see. Maybe he could help himself or hurt himself. You know, maybe he does show yeah. up at 215 and he's over 6'2", and we feel a lot better about it. And to, to Corral's credit, I mean, he is unbelievably aggressive and ultra competitive, but he puts his body in harm's way. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. he, he, and he's he hurt right now. Exactly, and he's hurt right now. Right, yeah, absolutely. You know, like, that's hard to get around if you're just going to say, I'm going to use the 18th, 20th, 25th pick in the draft to make you my franchise quarterback. Like, mm. We'll find out how big, strong, fast, tall, heavy these prospects are, at least quarterbacks, wide receivers, and tight ends Thursday, and we'll talk about it on tomorrow's podcast. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first lesson right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day for your second listen. Check out the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast with Eric Crocker and Ryan Tracy. Also daily right here on the network, Matt and I back tomorrow. Peacock and Williamson.